0: In Jesus' name, this is Pastor Sean, and you're listening to The Intersection, not your normal, fluffy Christian show. And today I want to uh, focus on one of our Christian topics. I know we talk about everything. Everything's Christian. Everything has a Christian worldview. But I know we talk about politics, we talk about trends, we talk about culture. we t- That's what The Intersection's about, where Christ meets culture. And uh, I want to talk to you about this new trending thing that's happening, especially among evangelicals. Um, and it is something called deconstructionism. Deconstructionism, and um, it's not a good, good thing. Though some are, some are, uh, some are thinking that it is so. And um, let me tell you what. Let's not talk about deconstructionism. It's deconstructionism and the future of the church. And uh, this article that I read is actually sort of, uh, I would say. um, it's a little bit <laughs> warm to the idea of deconstructionism. but Let's talk about what deconstructionism is. Christians are falling right and left. Evangelicals and Protestants alike are grasping feebly to understand what is causing this wave of evolving faith popularity referred to as deconstruction. And by the way, some of your favorite Christian artists, some pastors, some theological thinkers, some professors are all latching on to this idea of deconstruction. Um you know and it kind of goes along it's kind of like there's spirits of ages did you know that the the Bible talks about the spirit of the age and it talks about the spirit of this present age and that those I believe when it says spirit it's talking about the trends that are being influenced being influenced the cultural trends that are influenced typically in a demonic fashion typically they're not good um there are times when there's revivals and there's trends that move in positive aspects and there's a return to faith and a return to uh, to faithful doctrine, a return to the scriptures, a return to values, a return to Western civilization, all of those things. And then it seems like there's these cycles that happen where the people rebel and they want to throw those things off, and then they begin to deconstruct. But the idea is the same kind of idea that you get under communism. And I believe in, you know, you know our, our Marxism now isn't so much a military Marxism. It's a cultural Marxism. It's an introduction of Marxism through, the, through cultural means. And uh, we see it through all of these different forms of so-called justice, housing justice, um, criminal justice, all these things that need to be reformed and, according to most, deconstructed. Well, that was the communist playbook. You tear down everything that was before, all traditions, all beliefs, all standards, everything that has been foundational because you see them as flawed and you have to deconstruct or destroy them. All the way to the ground. Burn it to the ground in order to rebuild something else that's better. And unfortunately, that same kind of cultural Marxism has entered the evangelical church world. Now, we always thought the evangelical church world was impenetrable, filled with fundamentalists who believe in the Bible, the Scripture, and traditional Christian philosophy. And to to some extent— To some extent, it still is a bulwark, but it's one of the last remaining ones, and even it is being infected. Even it is being infected. In short, deconstruction is a popular term that refers to the practice of revisiting and rethinking long-held beliefs, specifically in the Christian faith. A guy named Richard Rohr is perhaps the most well-known Christian leader to popularize the term. War often describes healthy faith development as one that undergoes three stages. First is construction, building your belief system and worldview. By the way, this isn't something we do on our own. Our faith is constructed by something called the Scriptures. Theology is shaped by the Scriptures. And some would say, well, your interpretation of the Scriptures. No, it's the clear revealing of the Revealing of the tenets of the faith and the convictions of the faith by the scriptures. Second is deconstruction, challenging that worldview and subsequent beliefs. And third is reconstruction, rebuilding a new, more holistic set of beliefs and worldview. Now you're going to find that most of this is not based upon some kind of scriptural revelation, some kind of revelation of the corruption of the of the uh, of the church and its its belief system. But you're going to find it's a it's it's a rebellion. Against the scriptures themselves. Now, these are people who want to hold Jesus up. And when they hold Jesus up, they're trying to hold up Jesus as, in his love and his compassion and his generosity and his inclusion, all things that are good. But they'd like you to believe that those things are somehow in opposition to um, Christian doctrine. That the, the doctrines, I'll give you an example. One time I posted something that Jesus actually said. I like posted a scripture or something, and someone underneath commented on how how we should be more loving, like Jesus is. I'm like, hmm. And as much as we have a compassionate, loving Savior who loved the poor, loved the needy, loved the oppressed, um, he was a he was a uh, a sheep who came for he was a shepherd who came for the lost sheep. Um, he sat with tax collectors and sinners. Never, ever, ever did this Savior speak in such a way as to affirm things that were destructive to humanity, mainly sin. In fact, Jesus said some of the harshest things that you will find in Christianity. He said some of the most convicting things. And he also said that he didn't come to bring peace but a sword, That, that families would be torn apart because of him and his words. He said that people would reject you, that they would reject you, that they would speak evil about you, that they would exclude you because of his word. Deconstructionists try to hold a Jesus in 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 certain qualities of Jesus in opposition to the rest of the revelation of Scripture. A few years ago deconstruction was like a new turn gaming some ground in the public. Today it's a culture wide phenomena with thousands of books, podcasts, social media accounts dedicated to Dedicated to deconstruction. Every other week, it seems there's a new buzz about the next prominent Christian influencer that is renouncing their faith and stepping into a new life. In other words, deconstructionism sees traditional evangelicalism, and not just traditional evangelicalism, but traditional Christian doctrines and beliefs founded upon the Scriptures as some sort of cage, as some sort of box, as some sort of hindrance that needs to be cast off. Deconstruction is no longer a fad. It is not simply a season. It is not going away anytime soon. It's not going away anytime soon. Let's talk about some of the aspects of deconstructionism. The main takeaways is that deconstructionism is only beneficial if done within the context of church affiliation. In other words, you need your church affiliation and denomination or whatever else to deconstruct. Simply put, deconstruct all you want, but don't leave your church. But that's like asking someone who's vegan to work in a meat market. It's like asking someone who's in total disagreement with what's being said into uh, into sitting underneath things that they don't agree with. Um, they say, to their credit, deconstruction is not, include, not intended to be demolition. But... The thing about that is is that it is demolition if it is a renouncement of the tenets of the faith. We have to retell stories we believe about ourselves, as well as those stories that raised us. Through deconstruction, we are able to find the good and the helpful parts of our faith upbringing while reshaping or throwing out the unhelpful. So, in other words, we get to decide— what parts of the faith we like and the other parts that we want to throw out. And you ever notice this tends to go alongside of cultural trends? Oh, we got to rethink America. We got to rethink criminal justice. We got to rethink the environment. We got to rethink everything we've ever thought. We, in fact, we got to rethink right and wrong. We got to rethink sexuality. We got to rethink marriage. We got to rethink everything. And, of course, some members of the Christian church jump right on board, and let's do that with the faith. That's the problem. I will tell you that the more church leaders and Christians attempt to correct deconstruction rather to embrace them in their questions and doubts, the faster their church attendance numbers will dwindle. And they, they say that as though this, that, that as though the, the Christian faith is based upon popularity or attendance. When in fact, throughout the centuries, even in the Old Testament, when God was dealing with Israel, typically he was dealing with what we call a remnant. That was the faithful few who took hold of the tenets of the faith, who stayed faithful. Stayed faithful to the tenets of the faith. Even under great opposition, even under great persecution. This person says they believe deconstruction is from God. So it's kind of like saying God would just would burn down His own house that He has built in order that we could find God. I believe deconstruction is a revival of evangelicals. This person says deconstruction is of God's way of returning our hearts to the main point. Here it comes, love. Because love is all affirming, right? Love is all accepting. Love accepts all, affirms all, includes all. Is that really love? Is that what love really does? And this is what it's going to come down to. The deconstruction is claiming. And they're going to throw out 90% of the scripture. They're going to they're going to create a Jesus in their own image, a loving, compassionate Jesus, which he is, but who affirms and embraces everything, doesn't care about sin. Isn't exclusive in salvation. Doesn't care about your sexual preferences, or, or and that's the difference is they don't realize that sometimes love isn't acceptance or affirmation. In fact, some of the greatest shows of love is not acceptance or affirmation, but rather correction, rebuke, and even judgment. This person says it's still painful for me every time deconstruction leads people out of their faith completely. I do not believe that God's intent, that's God's intent for the process. But really, who could blame them? Who could blame them? Most of the people you see deconstructing nowadays, and that, of course they try to bring up this, this idea of it's like Jesus versus the Pharisees, when they don't, when what they're deconstructing are the very things that Jesus said. The epistles the Apostle Paul wrote, Peter, James, the, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jude, Revelation, James, these are all things that they reject. They reject many of the tenets of those faiths, and these are people that Jesus appointed to be heads of the church, to write the New Testament, and yet they'll say, they're going to find Jesus by deconstructing the very things that Jesus built. It's because they have a different Jesus. It's a cultural Marxist Jesus. It's part of the cultural Marxist revolution. The churches went along before. They went along before. He says, Christian churches have become too wrapped up in the very things Jesus spoke against with the Pharisees. Really? Who could really blame a person for walking away a religion when it has been so intertwined with systems of greed, oppression, manipulation, and control? Interesting. I get it. It often seems all that Christendom has forgotten, the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. No, I think that you've forgotten, because Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you tell your neighbor that they're in sin or they're wrong or that they're not saved or that they're going to fall under judgment or that they're harming themselves or that their sexual preferences aren't biblical, you are a hater, and you don't have the love of Jesus. Isn't this just is twisted. You're saying people are deconstructing because they have forgotten the core principles of Jesus' ministry. They have forgotten to love. Now, all of us could love a little more, but I think, again, it comes down to this definition of love. People searching for the heart of Christianity will continue to flood out of church doors into homes, bars, parks, office buildings. They will leave in search of Others who know how to discern godly authority from greedy power, and who know how to speak and act like the truth in love. Now, I can say if you want to deconstruct from Western Christianity and maybe some of the things that it's become, that's one thing. But that's not what they're talking about. That isn't. They're not talking about some some uh, religious church or greedy pastor or some sort of. You know, I'll, I'll agree. Some of the systems that the church has invented now, some of the some of the models that we've invented, uh, especially the uh, the the like. Uh, Convenience Walmart model, yeah, I I could deconstruct from that. That's not what they're talking about. They're they're talking about deconstructing from long-held 2,000-year-old Christian beliefs and doctrines. And of course, again, this article only points out, only points out, that churches are going to be empty and people are going to leave Do you recall the story where Jesus was, thousands of people were following Jesus and they were having a revival and they were, they had just, he had just fed 5,000 and he had just done miracles and they were following him. And Jesus stands up and says, Eat my body and drink my blood. And the disciples even like, Whoa, ha, wait, Jesus, wait. And Jesus, with no explanation, people start to abandon. They start to leave. This is too much, Jesus. Explain yourself. And he wouldn't. And the disciples, like any good church board, came to him and said, Master, don't you see the people leaveth? In other words, all these people are following you. That's what makes you great is all the crowds and the popularity. That's why you're a prophet, because all the people. And Jesus said, let them go. They weren't following me. Really? They were following me because they got a free subway lunch and because they like a circus act when they see the miracles. But when it comes down to really accepting who I am, let them go. And then he said to the Twelve, you guys want to go too? Because if you do, you can, because I'm not budging. And wisely they said, where to? would we go? So that's my question to deconstructionists. Where are you going to go? Once you've left your church and deconstructed your faith and embraced this new Jesus that's not the real Jesus of the Bible, and you come up shallow and empty, once you embrace the social Marxism, once you jump on every fad, every justice movement, every, once you jump on all of those things and even find scriptures to try to back them up, what are you going to do when you come up empty and hollow on the inside? What are you going to do with the Jesus who said he was the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father? What happens when deconstructionism leaves you with no absolutes, no real beliefs, no real convictions? Deconstruction will remind followers of Jesus that we are human, and as such we are part of this world full of humans loved by God. Deconstruction will remind us that being set apart means we are charged with exemplifying love in all places rather than using it to pe- perpetuate an idea that we are specially favored by God. Deconstruction will blur the, blur the lines of orthodoxy. There we go. There we. That's what they're looking for. We will no longer be about having the one right answer to each question. And that means for them, that includes salvation. How to love people and trust God for the rest. Deconstructionism may be the end of the churches in the West, but it will not be the end of Christianity. But it will be the end of Christianity as we know it. And by the way, this person is relishing in the idea that social Marxist religion. That we're going to somehow deconstruct, erase, and create a new faith. Jesus is still going to be in there as a model. Maybe not Lord, maybe not Savior, maybe not Teacher, maybe not Doctrine. Just a model. A good model. And somehow in this rejection of Jesus' own teachings, we'll find Jesus. So there's some responses to these. There's some responses to these. Here's another article. What does deconstruction even mean? Deconstruction is a term that has increasingly been used in evangelical circles, especially over the past decade, but it's a confusing term because there's no single or simple definition for deconstruction. It has different meanings in different contexts. It has a technical meanings in certain academic contexts and various trans- informal, informal meanings when current and former evangelicals use it to describe their faith experiences. It's not so surprising that many are asking some form of, what does deconstruction even mean? It's an important question that needs clarifying answers, certainly more answers than can be covered from one discussion. Where does deconstruction come from? In the 1960s, a French philosopher named Jacques Derrida began to advocate for postmodern philosophy of language. It's a relationship to our conceptions of meaning he called deconstruction. It is an ob- obtruse philosophy of no, notoriously difficult, some say impossible to summarize. In fact, Derrida himself refused to... De- <laughs> In fact, they're, de- they're, de- they're deconstructing so much they refuse to summarize deconstruction. They re- <laughs> refuse to to give a definition to deconstruction. What evangelicals mean by deconstruction? I believe it's why some evangelicals have also adopted Derrida's term. Perhaps we might say it like this. Deconstruction is a critical dismantling of a person's understanding of what it means to be an evangelical Christian. In some cases, a refusal to recognize as authorities those perceived as occupying privileged. Don't you love those words? Evangelical institutional positions who supposedly speak for God. Oh dear. Dismantling harmful cultural influences. Smaller groups of evangelicals are deconstruction to describe ways to protect historical evangelical doctrine and uh, uh, healthy practices. For example, the final episode of the podcast The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, Paul Tripp says we should all be deconstructing our faith. We should always dismantling doctrines, dismantling Christianity. How do we respond to those who say they're deconstructing? What does deconstruction even mean? It means different things in different contexts. It's a postmodern philosophical later that's been adopted by current and former evangelicals to sometime mean navigating a faith crisis, sometimes mean identifying harmful cultural influences that distort the true gospel, sometimes mean questioning and rejecting traditional evangelical doctrines and authority figures, or sometime meaning depart from the faith altogether. How should we respond? Well, with grace, with instruction, with prayer, with kindness, but a firm resolve. We are a firm resolve. It's helpful to keep in mind that deconstructing Christian is often someone in significant pain. Someone who's going through a faith crisis or had some sort of disillusioning experience. Or it's altogether just a new generation of people who like to jump on the bandwagon of cultural movements and cultural revolutions. People who are embracing cultural Marxism, yet wanting to hang on to the Jesus figure. All I can say is this. Churchill survived deconstructionism. There was a movement in the 1700s, a very liberal. When I say liberal, when I say liberal and conservative, we're not talking politics here. We're talking about the way we approach doctrine, the way we approach the scriptures. It's a very liberal movement, sort of a dismantling movement. And people thought that Christianity was all but doomed. And then it leaves people hungry, lonely, restless, empty. And what typically happens is there's a pendulum swing, which is what happened, and then the fundamentalist movement was born. The fundamentalist movement was born as a response to liberalism that had entered Christianity. Here to tell you, though, what I'm most comforted about is Jesus' own words. I will have my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Paul said to watch your life and doctrine closely to Timothy. In doing so, you save yourself and your hearers. It's not just what Christians feel about God. It's not just what Christians think about God. It's what Christians believe about God that brings salvation. Paul said, you were saved when you heard the gospel of your salvation and you believed. Deconstructionism is here. It'll be a fad. It may even be a big fad. It may even look like it's going to take the church out. But Jesus will always have a remnant, a faithful remnant. Until next time, this is Pastor Sean. May God richly bless you. We're the bad news. We're the young guns. We're the ones that they told you to run from. Yeah, the players gonna play and the haters gonna hate.